What up? What up? What's up? Can you hear me? How do I sound? You sitting in your in a car? Is that what's going on here? I'm right outside the Slack Tide Brewing. Shout out to Slack Tide Brewing, letting me uh, leech off of their free Wi-Fi. Um, <laughs> we are heading down to the hundredth annual Marbles National Championship in Wildwood right now, so we are doing it live from the car. Where's Coggin? Do you know how to get Coggin on this? Yeah, he's on. I'm very, I'm gonna bring him on. Don't worry. I was ready to start it off. I didn't know if you were gonna be here in time, but we've got we've got uh cog here to to join us on this conversation. There he is. I'm sorry. I I, I can boys. Looking great, man. Feeling great. Feeling great. Look good, feel good, be good. That's what my gym teacher used to say. Words uh, to live by. I love it. Uh, back in the day. So Pagan, what's going on? So you're down at Slack Tide. That's in Seattle City, right? Like right off of uh Route Route Nine there. Is that where the mar- that's where the marbles tournament's going on today? You know, brother, I don't know where I'm at. I think I'm on 47. I got off of 55. I'm kind of in the back roads. The uh, the, the Wi-Fi is, is actually pretty good. I've got five bars right now, which I'm shocking. I'm in the middle of the woods. But the National Marble Tournament is actually in Wildwood, which I think is yeah. is more fitting. I don't think Seattle City is a more marble town. I think Wildwood is – if I had to pick one ocean city to, or one uh, <laughs> sea town, I would say Wildwood would be the big one. Yeah, what's a level up from marbles? A more like uh, affluent marbles, like mahjong, croquet, like a pogs, a pogs, like a backgammon. Yeah, like Avalon's a polo town. Avalon's a polo town for sure. Yeah, yeah. What is if every shore town was a board game? What would it be? You know, what's the the shittiest one? I guess is like throwing dice or something. But risk, um, risk, risk. But yeah, boggle perhaps would be a good one. Doesn't like risk. Yeah. Well, well, I'm I'm glad that um I'm glad you're with us. Like, I mean, look at the headlines that that are that are going around in the sports world today. Um, Marcus Smart was traded. Um, We've got Mike Florio on a quest to unlock the truth about Q Ganon and what happened there. We've got three teams that have uh, reportedly inquired about Tobias Harris and his availability. We've got the I-95 thing. Thank God for the I-95 thing to kind of help help us through the. The next two weeks here. What else do we have? We had a belter of a union goal last night. We have teens trying to set off uh, M80s in a grocery store. So business as usual in uh, Philadelphia. We went down to the Chinatown site of the Sixers Arena. What do you want to, Coggin? What do you want to talk about? What What is on your your mind? What are, What are you and the boys of Let's Go to the Phones thinking of on uh, in, in late June? Well, we had, we just recorded an episode last night, and it probably consisted about 45 minutes of uh candy talk so we're really uh scraping the bottom (laughs) of the barrel for anything going on right now had a couple you know who who, everyone's thinking about the titanic submersible um yeah i don't know i mean what what is there to the the phillies got rained out they lost tuesday night um they have no the sixers have no draft picks not even a single pick in tonight's draft <laughs> so it's like what i guess tobias harris is it like if, is he gonna get traded like that's the only you know storyline going you know with the sixers right now so it's uh it's those dog days of summer boys oh uh, apparently well david now in the chat is saying that they debunked the m100 fireworks story. yeah we've got competing stories on that because fox news is running with it and six abc is debunking it which okay. is fun See, like in the beginning, it was uh, there was a report from the police that they uh, had dynamite, like legit, <laughs> like dynamite, like the kind that Jim Carrey stuffed into his face and the mask, like, uh, you know, like the, the kind that you would use to clear out like the gold mining tunnels in uh, San Francisco back in the day. Then it was later amended to uh, it was not dynamite, but it was M80s. Which the old the old heads are probably laughing and just calling fireworks. Um, yeah, but cherry bombs. Cherry bombs, right? They're still illegal. Apparently, cherry bombs in M80s have been illegal since like 1966, but that obviously hasn't stopped anybody in uh, Boyertown from from setting a few off back in the day. Um, but yeah, okay. Apparently, it didn't didn't happen at all. It's a grocery store up by LaSalle, up on uh, Chu Avenue there. So um, we're gonna have to get to the bottom of this. Otherwise, it's a bad fake news job by the by the local media. You know. Steve Keeley, uh, perhaps, perhaps involved in that. If I can't turn to Chris O'Connell and Steve Keeley, and I can't turn to Monica Malpass or Cecily Tynan, then who can I turn to in this world? 
there is nobody to turn to turn to turn to crossing broad perhaps i mean who is the most trusted name in philadelphia news though it's got to be it's got to be yuki yuki washington now that jim gardner's gone yeah rick williams I, i trust rick williams yeah well, it's not every day that you get to replace a 50-year veteran with like a 47-year veteran. So that's the the action news way. Uh, let's talk real quick though about the um <clears throat> about the I-95 repair because the the trades are really sniffing themselves. You know, I haven't seen anybody pat themselves on the back uh like, like this in a long time. I mean, let's let's be honest here. I mean, these guys basically took some some old rolling rock bottles and filled up a hole and then paved over top of it here. What are we really taking a victory lap for? I got to have my boys at the trades back because you sound like everybody who's just pushing the goalpost back. Yeah. And all that's going on is like, Oh wow, they're using recycled bottles. Oh wow. The lanes don't look like it can, it can have three cars yeah. go on it each yeah. way. And everybody is just like finding another thing to just come at my boys, the trades about. And I don't understand it because we literally thought this was going to take people thought this was going to take years, years to rebuild. We thought we thought I-95 we weren't even going to be using for years. They get it up and running in two weeks. Yeah, the lanes are a little weird. They're calling in some backup from the Pocono Raceway. They're getting the uh, Chevy Silverado with a dual (laughs) F-150 dual engine V8. Uh, to come down here, propelled uh, by jet fuel yeah. to dry the place. The trades are doing everything in their power, and we're still pushing the goalpost back and not giving oh. our boys our due. Yeah, but not just like them. No, no. But listen, man. I mean, like when we set the over under at the Crossing Broad Sports Book, it was, it, you know, the terms were not okay. A temporary roadway, you know, with some re- recycled like Michelob Ultra bottles on That's there. That's fine. It was, it was like repair the whole damn thing. So, you know, there was this famous Chris Rock skit where he was talking about the concept of people wanting credit for shit that they're supposed to do. Right. So, I mean, does that not apply here? Look at what we did. We filled the hole. All right. It doesn't apply here because we didn't believe in them. And then they did it. If we it's, it's like the Eagles, the Eagles went nine and eight the year before. Nobody believed in them going to the Super Bowl this year. And you know what they did? And they went to the Super Bowl. They obviously were runners up and everything. But even people with Jonathan Gannon were pushing the goalpost back. He's got a top five defense. Well, you know, he still doesn't bring, you know, the pressure doesn't blitz enough, blah, blah, blah. He runs too high level safety. Like everybody in this city loves to just continue, continue to continue to move the goalpost back. It's Bryce Harper comes back from Tommy John in five months. He's a medical miracle. Oh, he's not hitting with enough power. The dude's still batting 300. That's all I hear. It's all about moving the goalpost back. Jesus Christ, what are we doing? Is that what they filled the hole with? Uh, recycled bottles? Was that Delga. a... Uh... Yeah. Recycled, well, recycled glass. It's like a glass compo- composite, but of course we joked that it was the recycled glass was a bunch of beer bottles from like of the course. Hunt's Annex Lounge or something That's like right. that. That's so- right. The sophomore class of Gettysburg College did their part to uh, <laughs> fill in the hole. Not yeah, we much. just... Go up to Millersville University. There's probably enough like lion's head bottles laying around from a, from a right. couple of years ago to fill. See, this is where we need Craig though, because there's a great picture of uh, the of Kyle's leg as he. No, no, no. Oh, Craig that's is Craig. sitting in the car over there. Okay, right there. <laughs> look at that stem. Right there. <laughs> See, but that, we've got a great picture. Bob Kelly put a great picture up of the the temporary roadway, and it just looks it looks really narrow. Like it looks it really, really narrow. Like it only, but but here's the thing too. Like, so that portion of the highway um, was like six lanes to begin with because there's like two exit lanes or whatever off of Cotman Avenue. So even like half, like temporary filling, half of it is still three lanes. But it looks like somebody's just gonna drive off a cliff here if they don't get the cones right. And, uh, well, and they're gonna they're gonna put cement barriers, right? Like, come yeah, on. I mean, they, they have to, you know, they got it, right. Otherwise, you're just going right off the, the side. Too, of the thing too many people from New Jersey drive on this road to not have some cement barriers. I mean, we're gonna have to, yeah. we're gonna have to trust our boys from the Jersey side to, to go straight for, for 10, 15 feet. Easy uh, there, come on. Like, it's like I said, man, it's like now, now you, you, you played yourself, you know, now the trades, we know what the trades have been up to this entire time. We know that when they give a shit. And they have unlimited federal funding that they can get the job done, you know. So now Josh Shapiro we, said that too, and is yeah. and is like he's like we should come together and be just as quick on other other uh, 
other uh, construction work too. And I was like, Ooh, man, you are setting a tone that I don't know if you're, I don't know if the check you're asking cash. Well, yeah. I mean, that's what I'm saying, man. Cause now they, now it's like, okay, well next time, you know, a portion of the highway falls down, like the expectation is that this shit's going to be back up there in like two and a half weeks, you know? So you have, you have outed yourself, you know, so. who, who's the first one to go over the bridge? You think he has a little thing up his sleeve. It's got to be the fanatic, right? It's going to be it's a mascot. It's got to be a mascot. Yeah. And it's yeah. not going to be like, you know, Franklin the dog. You got to you got to roll out the big you got to roll out the big guns. It'll probably be gritty cuz they're off and the Phils do have a game that day, I believe. Yeah, yeah I think they're playing the Mets. Yeah, boy. Or Saturday or Sunday. I was thinking potentially Jason Kelsey, he's probably going to be in the area anyway. He doesn't really he, he lives in the area. Um what about, I mean, I, I thought potentially uh, Nathan Moody's family, I don't know if they want to do it this early. Maybe they'll wait for it to be the end of it. You know, let that kind of just hang out, you know, a little bit. You think um, they're going to bring his family out there to celebrate the... Yeah. No, this, this, this is not a celebration. This is just like, hey, extending the olive branch because I think, oh, he, okay. I think he was unfortunately uncharacteristically, if everyone knows about that kind of curve, it's a tough curve. Hmm. When you got an 18-wheeler, say what you want to say. I don't think they're going to bring anyone from the guy's family to ostensibly dance on his grave. On the, uh, <laughs> drive, thing. drive on his grave. Yeah. True. Yeah. Yes. Drive over. Like, Oh, we did it. It's like, Oh, okay. Like, don't hey, don't be what? shocked. Don't be shocked. If they have a ticker tape parade when they open this bad boy up. For, <laughs> not the, for, not for the first thing I think of when honoring his memory, but uh, it's, it's a thought. No, I think they'll line up all of the uh, union labor leaders on the side of the highway and they'll have the fanatic go down and shoot a bunch of hot dogs off on the gap. <laughs> so everybody can get one final pat themselves on the back before they got to move all the Buckley signs out of the, uh, <laughs> the live stream. But no, for real, man, we're just, we're just, we're just fucking with the trades. We love the trades, except when it takes 40 years to, complete the 42 and 295 interchange in New Jersey. But uh, we got nothing against union labor. We all did hard labor back in the day. I sat in a bunker in the rain at six in the morning. Like I said, not exactly heavy construction on the highway. But Were you in war? My excuse uh, in Gilbertsville. Uh, you, I worked uh, not that kind of bunker. Were you Desert Storm? No golf, a golf course bunker, not like a not like a military bunker. I worked construction for one miserable summer of my life, and I knew immediately that it wasn't for me. So there you go. Yes. God bless those guys. Yeah, yeah, and all Cog did was hold the flag and tell people to come on, come on. <laughs> I wish I w that would have been fucking great, dude. You know those I guys can. get paid like ten, fifteen dollars an hour. They make like forty to fifty thousand dollars a year. That's an amazing gig. Well, the government jobs, yeah, and like the government jobs are good too. Like with people who take the tolls at the highways before Easy Pass and all that stuff, they got paid good money to do that shit because it was Absolutely. a state job, you know. How so long just, until Chat GPT takes over the flag guy at the construction site? Mm, well, that's a tough one, man. I mean, because you get that wrong, and you got all these people stuck in and on the road, and they got to like back back down in reverse on a single lane to to get out. Of it. We got to get a pen dot. We got to get I, a pen dot guy. I think you're giving track. Billy from Ridley a little bit too much credit here. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, maybe <laughs> that a robot some, can't do his job. We got to get Sharice and the other guy from Buckley to come on and talk about it. You know, that would that be our. True. That would be a good uh, natural thing here. Well, anyway, look, congratulations, good job by them. Uh, like I said, we're not honoring the bets though until the permanent. Uh, Highway is done, so we'll see see how long that takes. Uh, good news, however, in the world of basketball, we will not have to watch Marcus Smart ten times a year play against the Sixers. Um, he was shipped off to Memphis in what is like the most appropriate trade of all time. I mean, like Marcus mm -hmm. Smart could not be any better for Memphis. You know, uh, grit and grind and hustle and bullshit. I mean, that's who he is. is. Is there anybody Coggin who is more of a dictionary definition for like the most annoying player ever? that you would love to have on your team? Well, I guess, you know, like you said, it's ironic that he's going to Memphis in that they had the most annoying player in the league last year. And of course I'm blanking on his name. Uh, Dylan Brooks. Not, Dylan yeah. Brooks. Yeah. It, it, and I think he's getting shipped out of Memphis too. I yeah. think they pretty much said that's all over. Yeah. I mean, smart is the, just the poster boy for, and I think you mentioned this possibly in the story you wrote for crossing broad today, that, He's just the guy that, like, you hate if he's not on your team. Yeah. But if he's on your team, you love him to death. And that's what he is. He's he's like the uh, – he's like a more skilled Matthew Barnaby 
from the Buffalo Sabres, if that makes any sense for all my uh, late 90s hockey fans. Well, I said he was the basketball of Tom Wilson, you know, like the dickhead from the Washington Capitals who's always putting a cheap shot on somebody. Like, yo, I would love somebody to do that for us and get it back to old-time Flyers hockey. Marcus Smart, another uh, Bostonian sewer rat like Brad Marshawn, you know, you're like, damn, mm-hmm. I would love to have that guy on our team, but he's a, he's a pain in the ass, you know? Why? So they said, so, no, go ahead, man. Go ahead. No, I was going to say, why, why? I, I, I don't think that that, I don't think bringing Porzingis in is a great move for the Celtics. I and you're the basketball guy, Kev, but yeah. I think he's a loser. Like he's never won a, he's never been on a team that's won a playoff series. Mm-hmm. He is soft. He is hurt nonstop. Mm-hmm. Where are you going to play him with Horford on the court at the same time? And do they still have Williams? Is Williams still going to be their ostensible backup center? Like, where, how does he? It, it seems like they're trying to mush a square peg in a round hole. If you want to use that analogy, well, they got to. They they you know they lost their point guard right, and like the only the only guy they have left is Derek White you know if they want to do that um you know there's got to be a corresponding move here with the draft picks that they got back in that move to kind of to make the final piece of the puzzle you know there's other reports that they were trying to trade Malcolm Brogdon who has apparently has some kind of health issue that nobody knew about mm-hmm. so they weren't able to do that but um I don't know unless they play Porzingis as like a guy who can stretch the floor as like a power forward or something like that and like a like a better version of a Danilo Gallinari or something like that. But I I can't imagine they're done right because that that doesn't make them any better, you know. But I mean, you look at like what they are compared to the Sixers now. The Sixers like what are we doing with the Sixers? Like like everything hinges on whether a soon to be thirty four year old opts in or not. While the Celtics are you know, dealing dudes and getting draft picks back in, mm-hmm. in addition to players. You know, they just have managed the thing so much better than, you know, various iterations of, uh, you know, basketball ops for the Sixers over the last couple of years. It's like they they perpetually keep themselves on the doorstep of the championship while the, the Sixers are at the doorstep with your girlfriend's dad and he's telling you to have her home by 9 p.m. You know, I mean, like that's, that's really – when I look at the Celtics thing, when I look at the Marcus Smart thing, like my first thing was – Okay, at least we don't have to see his dumb ass like ten times a year when they inevitably play them in the playoffs. Right? Yeah, you know, Marcus Smart is three and zero in playoff series against the Sixers. Like they had a four to one win mm-hmm. in twenty eighteen. They had a four nothing sweep in twenty twenty in the bubble when Ben Simmons wasn't there, and then they had a four to three win. So that's what's that? He's twelve and twelve and four. Against, four. <laughs> yeah, yeah, against the Sixers in the play. I mean, he just just like a guy who makes good good plays and, and yeah. he, he would Dude, be, he, be perfect here. You know, he he was the only one for a majority of the series that I was worried about. If you remember, man, I forget. I don't I don't remember how he did in the Heat series, but man, he killed us. He had some games where he couldn't miss from three. Almost had that game winner that was off yeah. his hand uh, like 0.2 seconds too late. And yeah. stuff. Like yeah. I am so happy they got rid of Marcus Smart, especially with Malcolm Brogdon, like you said, having this injury that they didn't know about, and that makes him virtually untradeable. Bringing in another guy like Christos Porzingis for only one more year, then they have Jalen Brown if they don't extend him in 2024, could potentially yeah. walk. Like this could – this. I don't think they're done either. I, th- I I don't think they keep these two first-round picks. I'd be shocked if they do. Um, but there's a chance that like – Word Brad Stevens just overthought this and was just like needed to make a move. I just don't like the I don't like I don't think Porz I don't know if Porzingis is going to fit on that team in that city in a high pressure you know environment where yeah. you know he's going to have to be he's going to have to make up for a lot of the scoring that that's leaving and you know Horford's another year older. Um, they're going to miss Smart. They're going to miss the toughness he brings. Like I just don't think he's. I don't think he's the right fit for that team, which has made the deal, you know, all, especially, you know, giving, they were going to give up Brogdon. And then, like you said, that fell apart because of his weird injury. Then having to ship off smart, it just seems like a weird, seems like a move they wouldn't make. Just seems very un Celtics like to me. I mean, they did get the, yeah, yeah. They did get the draft picks back, which is good for them. And you know, we're criticizing them, but as you said, Kevin, <laughs> as you said, the Sixers are doing nothing. They're, they're sitting around. And meantime, the yeah, meantime, yeah. the Sixers are like dicking around, and we're like hoping that one of the Pacers or the the Cavs or the Detroit Pistons is the Keith Pompey. The Inquirer reported has some kind of interest in, in Tobias Harris's services. You know, that's yeah. the thing there, Kev, where it's like, is is Tobias? I think they hold on to the bias till the trade deadline. I think he's, I think, I think he's, do. 
I think he's more uh, valuable at the trade deadline because you're going to have teams that yeah. are going to be panicking and stuff, and you're going to have teams that are going to need a shooter who could play some little bit of defense and who can be a third option. I think they get way more value for for him at at, uh, at the deadline, and that's why you know there's always been rumors that Daryl just calls with bullshit trades after bullshit trades, even when he was on the Rockets and stuff. He always tries to win the trade, and I don't know if that's good. I don't know. Like if he's a bad. fan. Like he's on your fantasy football yes. league, and he yeah, keeps he's, offering you like like you know, like three scrubs for Derek. Henry and yeah, yeah, and everybody hates that guy, and they don't. Yeah. I, I mean, we've all had that guy, and we just don't even respond to his texts or his trades anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I think you know people are gonna freak out. You know, they're freaking out with the Christos Porzingis deal. Like, why the hell didn't you know Daryl go out and make this deal or make some deal or something like that? But it's like you gotta understand that, like, you're, you you gotta look kind of two steps ahead in this situation where it's like, do we want the max deal next year? Or do we want two expiring contracts? And I and, and correct me if I'm wrong, Kevin. I don't know how much you know about the salary cap, but yeah. if they say they went out and got like Buddy Heald and another guy, and there's in like two expiring contracts, I don't think they get the forty million dollars max slot next year because I feel like the trade exemptions with the new CBA and everything. I uh, I could be wrong, but I, I I thought there was like something there where they can't get Tobias's max slot if they if they go out and trade for. I'd a have to call, yeah, I would have to get Bodner on the phone and have him explain <laughs> that shit to me. I think he just wrote up a whole big like like primer like that's his specialty. But I think the the thing that's like like two issues here. First of all, with with Tobias Harris. You know, when Daryl Morey came on, he inherited two bad Elton Brand contracts, you know, Horford mm-hmm. and, and Harris, right? So he had immediately attached a first-round draft pick to get rid of the Horford contract. So there's two albatross, albatrosses, albatrossi, you know, <laughs> contracts here. And he got he got off the one, but it's like, yeah, you're, you're going to have to attach a, an, another pick to get rid of the other one. It's almost like, like my thing with Tobias Harris is like, it's like you made it this far, you know? So, yeah. I mean, are you just – maybe just live with that – that final year of the contract and say, all right, you know, because what are you really getting back for him now? I mean, you've made it this far that you're not going to attach something to, you're not going to give up an asset that you, that you don't have, by the way, to get off the, the last year of the contract when you made it through four of them already. And I, like, quite frankly, it's never been Tobias Harris as a player and not being a good fit. It's just the contract, you know, I mean, they, they, the Sixers are not exactly like flush with, two-way wings who can shoot a bit and who can defend. You know, just because Tobias Harris ended up being a $35 million player, $40 million player who is the fourth option on offense doesn't mean that he was – you don't need a guy like that. It's just never been congruent from a from a money standpoint. Yeah. It was I, never now, his fault. It was never his fault that they had to salvage that trade when they knew Butler was going to walk. You know, they, they, they could never – optically lose Harris and Butler in the same offseason. So they had to give yeah. they had to get Harris back. They had to, you know, overpay him, make sure he stayed around. And yeah, I mean like who's not going to take that deal? You're not going to turn down a max deal. You know what I mean? Like and that's just the way it's shaked out and you know, he's yeah. definitely regressed over the last, you know, year or two, but he's still a serviceable player. He's he's not bad. He'll get you double digit points every night and play okay defense and hit some threes like yeah i don't know what you can do outside of you know some magical amazing trade being yeah. proposed for that's my that, yeah. deadline so that's, he, the, no go ahead kyle sorry man. so here's here's the thing that i just wanted to bring up and this is me talking myself back into the sixers like a crazy person Harden resigns for team friendly deal we go with tobias we go with joe and beat a maxi chris middleton just opted out last night late night Obviously got pushed under because of the whole Marcus Smart trade. I mean, you're looking at it. You've got probably Boston, and I would say probably the Bucks are your two biggest opponents in the East. And I don't, I don't know how good the Heat are going to be next year. I don't know if Cleveland's going to take the next step. I'd never believe in the Knicks. You're, <laughs> this is psycho to say. You're not that far off, and you're probably a top three seed with those four guys and whatever whatever he can do this year which is crazy to think about. Well, and here's the thing, too. Chris Milton, everybody thought that he was probably going to stick around with Milwaukee because there was reports that he was involved in the coaching search or that he gave some mm. kind of approval to that. I mean, there's a chance that he could come back on a long-term deal, I guess, but who's walking away from $40 million, $40 million. To, 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 you know, to take less money? Because I heard somebody say, well, you let Harden walk and you make Maxi the – point guard and bring in Chris Middleton. I mean, what's he signing for? Hey, I don't think he's they can, right? He's no, not that, taking less money to come here. I mean, <laughs> yeah. it's not, you know, he doesn't so, opt out and be like, you know what? 
shave me in half. I'm going to go take 20, 20. I'm going to take 20 million to go play for the Sixers instead of <laughs> opting in my 40 million to play with Giannis, who, who got me a ring, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah it might be my last contract ever, too. Yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, so Fred Van Vliet, if you were, if, if that was always more of a plausible scenario because his money was, you know, he opted out of 22 million. It's almost half of what Chris Middleton was making, you know? So, but that's what I'm saying, man. We keep coming back to the same thing. It's like, Cog, we've been saying on the on the show, there's just, like, you don't have a lot of options. I mean, there's no, like, slam dunk guy that you could go get and say, okay, James Harden walked. All right, here, we're going to go do this. Like, I don't know what the path is, man. And we keep, and the thing with the Tobias Harris thing and the Tyrese Maxey thing or whatever, it's like, we have all these hypotheticals about what the Sixers should do in the offseason, but everybody's got their different idea of what the timeline should be. Like, do you think you can go for it next year? Like, what does your window look like? Or do you start the rebuild? You know, that's what we, the questions that we have, the Zion Williamson thing. You know? I, I think you have two options, right? You either, no one's signing hard into a max, a, a max deal. Like, that's just not going to happen. Like, nobody's giving him four years max money, whatever. So you basically have two options. You can let him go and do, you know, the, the gap year where you have Maxi as point guard, See if you can get something for Harris at the deadline or wait until next year. You're probably going to be a, a four or five playoff seed. And then you take your puncher's chance in the playoffs and see if Maxi can make that jump and become, you know, what some people think he can become, which is, you know, a top scoring guard in the league. Or the other option is you sign Harden to a team friendly deal, you know, one year, preferably, I guess. I don't know if he'd ever take that. You take another shot this year with your core, the the core, I should say, and you know you're probably going to be a top three team in the East. You have another chance to win a championship, and then if it doesn't work, all right, so long, Harden. Next year, Harris is off the books. You bring in another free agent. I don't even know who the free agents are next year, but you bring in a free agent and start over. I mean, those are the two best options, right? Free agent. Free agent class is pretty sexy. It's like Brandon Ingram. It's Jalen Brown. It's uh, well, Clay Thompson's washed, but he's going to be 20, 2024 20, guy. Um, and there's another guy that off the top of my head, I forget who it is, but um, the 2024 class is, uh, is, is pretty sexy. Uh, uh, hmm. Clay, Clay, Tobias, Chris Middleton, Pascal Siakam was the other guy. Pascal Siakam, there you, go. Um, you know, Nick Nurse connection and stuff. People that'll probably be big old rumor like Fred Van Vliet was this year, but God, Lowry, I can't believe I'm Kyle Lowry will be 57 years old. But yeah. <laughs> here's here's what I here's what I learned this year. This this is me trying to be optimistic about the Sixers next year. Number one, Doc Rivers is gone. Nick Nurse is coming in. That alone is not enough to get people to jump back on the bandwagon, but they're intrigued, right? But Embiid won his MVP, right? So he doesn't need to play 66 to 70 some games next year. You can load manage the shit out of Joel Embiid. Say so we we got the MVP. Put that on the shelf. Let's focus on delivering you to the playoffs healthy for like the first time ever, right? Then seeding. Seeding doesn't really matter anymore. Look at what happened in the playoffs this year. The, the eight seed Heat got to the finals, you know? The Lakers were the seven seed. Golden State was the four seed. They met in the second round. Mm-hmm. And then the Lakers ultimately got swept by Denver. But I'm not, but I'm 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 talking myself into this idea of like you got a new coach. You don't have to push Joel as hard in the regular season because he got his award. And just get yourself into the playoffs and get there healthy and see what happens. You know, I mean that that's kind of kind of like the thing in the back of my mind that I'm trying to talk myself into. You know, if they're going to have a chance, if they even if they go in as a, like a five seed or something like that. Hey, w- what's the difference between a five seed and a healthy Joel Embiid versus a three seed and an Embiid who's coming off another knee thing? It's true. Yeah, and I would love to know what um, Maury said to Nurse when he was trying to bring him in because you know he said like this is what we're going to try and do there was no like oh we don't know what Harden's going to do we don't know you know what's going to happen like Nick Nurse is was pretty much like the prize jewel of the coaches uh that that you know were available for next year that's a good like I don't think he would come to Philadelphia if more was not like this is what we're going to do if Harden doesn't resign you know, I, I don't think he'd just say, like, we're going to punt on next year. You know, like yeah, he, he, was, he was not so hard up for a job that he was just going to jump yeah. at anything and be like, well, we don't have a fucking plan, but here's a job for you. Like, right, you're right. That's a good point. You know, I don't think people are are raising that point enough. It'll be so. Yeah, I mean, it'll, there's, you know, and like you said, you know, the fifth seed. And I, I think they could be like a, anywhere between a three and a five next year if Harden walks and you sort of turn the keys over to Maxi. And then, you know, there you just you always have a puncher's chance in the playoffs. Like you said, look at the Heat. Yeah. 
The Heat were the eight seed. They they won the play in tournament. They slept they walk the through the season. Like and I think I think that's what you know a lot of teams are gonna start looking at. Like they're just gonna start sleepwalking through the season. And okay, here they go. You know, like like Kev said, Joel Embiid, there's no reason why Joel Embiid has to play more than 60 games next year. No, no reason why Joel. No, no, they should load manage the shit out of him. And the one thing, Cog, and I think you're kind of like stumbled onto something here too. I mean, Nick Nurse had Kawhi during the load management year, you know, and I, I don't, I, I don't think that can't be understated. The fact that they managed him properly to the point where they got him a title, you know. Absolutely. I mean, like, how many games did Kawhi play in that regular season? I have to go back and and pull it up, but. um that those are things, those are all like little things that we can kind of cling on to here to say, okay, maybe there's something to it. Like if you gave me a hypothetical, like do you rather go in with a three seed and a, and a compromised Joel Embiid or go in with a seven seed and a completely healthy Joel Embiid? I'm taking the latter now because I've, I've seen the former five times in a row or whatever, and it's and it's been the same thing every single time. So, yeah. and look at, look at what happened in these playoffs anyway. I mean, the Sixers lost a bunch of games at home and they won a couple games in Boston. So home court advantage is you know, like Fugazi. I mean, Boston lost a bunch of games on their home, their home floor in various series, you know? So I guess you don't really care about seating. I mean, we had home court against the Hawks and look what happened, you know? So it's like, I, I would prioritize his health and his load management over all that shit. It just yeah. all comes down to, again, if he's going to have another freak injury in the playoffs. I mean, we were, I was, we were talking about this last night, but like, every injury he has is like a freak injury. You know, two <laughs> facial injuries, um, you know, the, the guy from Brooklyn in the last playoff series falls into his knee, tears his meniscus. Like, it just seems like he's got, for whatever reason, bad luck when it comes to the playoffs. You know, he's getting cracked in the face by Markel Fultz, breaks his orbital bone, or he gets elbowed in the face by Siakam in the last three minutes of a game that's well out of hand. And it's like, is it going to happen again next year? Like, I don't know. It kind of all depends on that. And hopefully Nick Nurse will be smart enough to not have him. There you go. Orbital fracture, knee sprain, meniscus, concussion, knee tendonitis. It's just like. Dude, 2022, orbital fracture, concussion, torn thumb, ligament. Like, Well, here's the thing, too, because on that Reddit post, it says he's missed seven of 54 playoff games in his career. But how many of those remaining 47 has Embiid been at 100% health? Yeah, It has to be like less, less than. 25% if that. I mean, he's been compromised almost every in almost every single playoff game. I mean, or there's like gastroenteritis shows up or some shit. Remember, like <laughs> he was like was he like sick or something for the Toronto series? By the way, um take take a guess how many how many games you think Kawhi remember when Nick Nurse was coaching the Raptors that year, they had just traded for Kawhi and Kawhi played nine games in San Antonio the year before. <laughs> how many how many games do you think he played for Toronto that year they won it all? 45. Uh, 52 he played 60 wow but at, at 34 minutes per but still i mean this was a guy who when he was completely healthy before the nine game season he played 74 72 64 66 58 64 so that was you know at the time that was the fewest he had played the second fewest that he had played in nine in eight um can't see the lines here in eight NBA seasons before that. I think he's played a hundred in the last two years or three years. Excuse me. 50. Yeah. Let me see 57 for the Clippers in 2019, 2020, and then 52 and then missed the entire season. And then 50. Well, he's only 31 years old. I can't believe Kawhi is only 31. It's going to be 32 or whatever. I saw Jillio asking the question if, if they should trade for him or sign him or whatever the hell, but um, all right. Um, Wild. Let's shift here. Cog, did you guys talk about like what what did uh co-host Chris and producer Pat think of the the Gannon stuff? Did you guys put any stock at all into like the tamp tampering or like Arizona? What is new in the Gannon stuff right <laughs> now? I, I'm completely like the Gannon <laughs> stuff, I'm gonna be super honest. Like after you know they they got the draft pick and all that went down, I tuned everything out about the Jonathan Gannon yeah. conspiracy theories and oh, was his Mind not in the Super Bowl planning, blah, blah, blah. What is new right now with Gannon that I should be mad about or, <laughs> again, just not care about? There's nothing new other than Mike Florio making it his his mission to, to walk to the ends of Kyrie Irving's flat earth and find the truth, damn it, <laughs> unless, uh, you know, uh, 
and and defeat the NFL and their uh, their cover up here. But he's you know, like he's a lawyer actually. He does have a law degree, so he wrote a story yesterday saying that Eagles Super Bowl betters who lost money on the Super Bowl might have a legal case against Arizona and the NFL because it was an in quote. This is him writing it an admitted violation of the tampering rules, which caused Gannon to be distracted. And this could be enough to file a nationwide class action lawsuit against Arizona and the NFL for lax enforcement. Um, so so like how, like how quite a reach to me, how far does this go? Like, uh, I don't know. Darius Slay has a kid doesn't get proper uh, sleep the night before a game. Can I just <laughs> file a lawsuit against his little baby because he kept him, you know, because he was, uh, he was not focused. He was a distraction. Like, pain, what is, pain and suffering they cost a, a loss of in, enjoyment of life you know so a we class can, action lawsuit against jonathan gannon the arizona cardinals because he talked to monty Ottenfort for 15 minutes on the phone maybe twice but it's funny it reminds me of when the saints were flipping shit and they were trying to push like the federal government to like like overturn the results of the uh um Oh my god the guy who played for the, the eagles interference call Mikel roby uh roby yeah yeah but it's interesting because I don't I don't even remember even like when the Super Bowl was fresh and it was still raw. People were pissed off at Gannon and they hated Gannon, but I didn't like hear a lot of talk about like the the tampering side of it. People were pissed off because they thought it cost them uh, Vic Fangio. But well, we didn't know about the tampering until the the day one of the NFL draft. Uh, well, that's when they right. I mean, that's when they settled the the thing with the draft pick compensation, but Florio puts on his conspiracy theory hat and he thinks there's something more to it that the NFL is covering up something that it has to do that. It lingers into like, or trends into like Brian Flores, like racial Rooney rule hiring practice kind of shit that they violated. And I think most NFL fans were probably, and this is the way that we were, were probably like, look, you lo- every Super Bowl team loses assistance at this time every year. So this is par for the course. I and mean, if you want to push it back, you want to change the rules to say that like, you can't have any contact with anybody until after the Super Bowl. That would solve all these problems, you know? Because then after but the Super Bowl, you still got like, you know, six to eight weeks before the draft anyway. Like, you really need that extra two weeks to put together staff and, you know. Like, we we, 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 always, <laughs> we always talk about this. And it's funny because they had such a good offensive Super Bowl that John McMullen came out and said uh, Shane Steichen was, was already hired by the Colts. Everybody knew that, except was he distracted. Yeah, it was so was Shane Steichen knowing that he was gonna, you know, have to decide between Matt Ryan or or selecting the number three overall pick as a quarterback. You know, going into the game, I don't think so. I mean, I know people love to hate on Jonathan Gannon, but I just don't think. I think I think when you have that kind of opportunity to just be on the penultimate um, uh, level of a, a of a team and be at a championship game, I, I don't think Jonathan Gannon is like, you know what? Nah, I'll go win one with the Cardinals. Who cares about this one? I just I know people hate him. And uh, but everyone I talk to that kind of knows the guy knows he's like an in, he's an insane preparer. He's just insane in general. Like he balls to the walls. Everything he does might be a little weird, but I think that kind of goes hand in hand with being kind of a a guy who a football guy who who doesn't do anything outside of football except for prepare for football. Yeah, I mean it's it's not the first time this has ever happened. Like let's not be naive yeah. here that this is the first time. That, you know, someone was basically, you know, talking when they should have been talking leading up to a, a big playoff game or the Super Bowl. Like, I just I, I think you could see the only thing that's going to come out of this. And Florio's got to shut up about like the class action lawsuit. No, he's going to do a class action lawsuit against Jonathan Gannon <laughs> and the Cardinals. Like, shut up. That's just not going to happen. Um, but like, yeah, the only thing that could potentially come out of this, and I don't know why it wouldn't, was that you just can't. Just make a rule that you, if you're in, like, you cannot have discussions. Oh, it's hire. never going to work, Cog. Why? Why? Because we just had a, we just had the rule that they can't do it, and they already broke it. There's no, dude. What are, I, do you believe in the legal tampering period being the first time that teams actually talk to players and free agents? No, like, no, it's just that's I not don't. what happens. I don't. But I mean, if you many... want to save face, if you want to save face, just say, sure. look, you can't, you can't start talking to these guys until the play, uh, the Super Bowl's gone. That's sure. it. Say, sure. I, I don't fine. know. It's not gonna what's, a, what's, what's a realistic – like, let's say – let's concede the fact that you can't prevent that. Like, if somebody's going to send you a text message, like, they're going to send you a text message or whatever, yeah. they're going to meet you at a hotel or find a drop box at, like, a like a the Dairy Queen on Valley Forge Road. Like, you're going to be able to contact somebody if you want to, but maybe you just push the calendar back instead. You know, maybe they say, all right, we're going to have the draft two weeks later than we normally do. 
OTAs are going to be two weeks later. Like, and then push the calendar back so the teams don't have to feel like they're like, oh, we got to get somebody in place now, and, and just kind of spread it out. If that if that makes any kind that's, of sense. I think that's a fair solution, probably the yeah. best solution. Do I believe it's going to happen? Absolutely not. I mean, everything's just so cross cross mingled between. Uh, cross bonded between like agents, everybody's agents with players, agents with co- agents yeah. with uh, with coaches, agents with GMs, and all that. So like everybody just has the same agent, or there's an agent, you know, connection between everybody. It's just it's never going to happen. It doesn't happen in the NBA. It doesn't happen in the MLB. It's not going to happen in the NFL. The, you know what the funny thing is to the floor to Florio's argument, real quick. You're talking about the idea of preparedness and distraction, as though these are some these can be quantified or qualified in some sure way so. there's such a nebulous and he's a lawyer he knows you have to prove that in court and he could never prove that in court no, no i can't and it's such an arbitrary thing because it's like how how much preparation is is requisite like does jonathan gonna have to do 72 hours minimum and but he was distracted by the cardinal so he only did 70 like how, how are you ever going to prove any of this kind of stuff short of like opening up the guy's brain and like reading his reading his mind to say how distracted he was or was not. I mean, you could, you could lock yourself hypothetically in a film room for two weeks and just do nothing but study film. But by the, the, what's the difference between hour 90 versus hour 190 at some point, you're just going over the same shit over and over again. So that's why it's such a weird, arbitrary thing to me. It's like how much preparation is enough preparation? There's there's an (laughs) argument to be made too, that it's like, what's more distracting a 30 minute phone call or you know whatever a 30 minute quiet phone call with a team that you're thinking about ha- taking a new job with or you know the the double digit hours that they have to put in with the media before you know the super bowl <laughs> when they could be prepared yeah. it's like, answer, am, pagans am, pagans am I the problem with the f- <laughs> Am I the problem? I, you are the re- problem. Like, did he read his press clippings when I he saw that I made a shirt about him? Stoutland could have been, you know, working on uh, Mylata's first step when you it's were true. bugging him instead. During it's the, true. Uh, That's a distraction. Yeah, yeah, we're going to present goodness. that in in the in the court of law. I think Pagan's going to have to fly out that <laughs> get subpoenaed. Like, yeah, Craig right. is going to have to dig up the film on YouTube, present it as like uh, evidence or something. You know? Craig, <laughs> Craig, delete the film. Delete the film, Craig. Delete the film. It's just Um, so funny because it's like, I look, I I give Florio credit in a way because, like, you go back to that Howie Roseman exchange. It's like, I don't think anybody in that exchange did anything wrong. Florio wants answers to something that he thinks is important, and Howie's holding the line because he doesn't want to talk about it. You know, I think, I think Eagles fans were probably. I think Eagles fans probably let it go or don't give a shit because they got draft pick compensation for it. I think mm-hmm. that had a lot to do with it where it was like, oh, all right, you know, we got something, whatever, fuck off. We'll see it. Never. Right. But I just keep coming back to the fact. I'm like, why do we have to keep going back into this like distracted thing or he didn't plan enough? Or he did. Why can't we just accept the fact that maybe Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes just cooked his ass in the second yeah. half? Like, is that implausible? You know, I mean, all, all four of the defensive coordinators, I'll say it again. I'll say it until I turn blue in the face or I'm like dead. All four of the defensive coordinators in those Super Bowls, the Eagles played, they all got cooked. Jim Schwartz's defense gave up more yards and more points than Jonathan Gannon. So at some point, we just got to admit, like, four amazing quarterbacks had elite games that nobody was going to do anything against. You know, Here we we go, Kev. How do we know that Florio isn't on the Sodfather's payroll and the NFL's payroll and they're still – uh, they're they're belaboring this Jonathan Gannon point so that everybody forgets about how shitty that field was he, and how yeah. they neutralized the Eagles. Yeah, Florio could be running interference for the sod file. He could be obfuscating purposely and trying to steer the conversation elsewhere to to dis- distract us from the fact that the sod father George Toma is a criminal and should be in jail. I know he didn't have anything to do with it. That's a class action lawsuit I'll be yeah. subpoenaed for. We should, I would, yeah, I we should file a class action lawsuit yeah. against it because they got the same shit. They got Tahoma, Tahoma 31 at, at the link, and they got it at Subaru Parks. So they got no could, problem doing that here. Why couldn't we get it to work over there? You know? Could you imagine if like if like betting was around during like the whatever that Super Bowl with the Ravens and the uh, and, and 49ers were when the lights went out? Like Florio would be writing pieces <laughs> about like a class action lawsuit yeah. against whoever the electric companies are in that area or or, or against the NFL and general like a fan walks a fan runs on the field and the fan you know ruins Aaron Nola's uh 
no-hitter or World Series game or something like that? Do we just file the class action lawsuit against Billy from Bridesburg? Like, well, what, what is what is going on with this? Florio is an absolute madman. Well, I got to try to get Florio on the show because he, he's a West Virginia guy. He's um, a ghoul. Yeah. Man, but here's the here's, here's, here, I'll ask you guys a question. If you if you he's a West Virginia native, he's from Wheeling. Uh, he has yeah. a degree from WVU, but it's a graduate, it's a law degree. So if yeah. you got your under if you got your undergrad at Ohio State or whatever, fuck, you're a Buckeye, right? But if you go to grad school at the same school, are you, you know, like does that yeah. count? No, your undergrad yeah. is always more important. Your grad school yeah. stuff comes later in life when you're not, you know, you're not. Florio is not in the. Uh, you said he got his his graduate uh, degree at West Virginia, right? He got his law. He went to law, law school. Degree. Yeah, he went to, like his undergrad was his undergrad was Carnegie Mellon. I don't even know what the fuck Carnegie yeah. Mellon's made. Good school. It is a real good school in Pittsburgh. Yeah, yeah slept Florio on wasn't on campus room. at West Virginia. You know, he wasn't mm-hmm. living in the dorms. He wasn't uh, no. in a frat in West Virginia. So he probably yeah. thinks more of himself as a Carnegie Mellon man. Yeah, the Carnegie right. Mellon mascot, allegedly, according to Wikipedia, here's the Tartan. Mm. T-A-R-T-A-N. So is Florio a Tartan or a Mountaineer? I believe he's a Tartan because I think you're one foot in, one foot out. And I see it with people all the time that, like, yeah. I went to, you know, I went to Gettysburg, but I still, I studied at uh, Penn State for grad school. And then they become, like, the biggest Penn State fan, football fan, because they studied for one, one and a half years online in yeah. Philadelphia. It's wild. Well, the whole point of me bringing that up is I'm trying to uh, uh, reach out to him as a one-time West Virginia resident to get him to come just, on the show and talk just about. Tell it. him you went to Carnegie Mellon. Is he ever is yeah. he do a background check? I'll Even tell better. him that I, I slept on the floor of a Carnegie Mellon dorm room one time when we came back from the Slayer concert in in Bell Vernon. Ooh, so, I don't know if I, did I ever tell that story on the podcast before? Slayer oh, yeah, was the most. We, when we were in Morgantown, the closest big city was Pittsburgh. So whenever concerts would come through, we would go up there. It was like seventy minutes, right? And. um Slayer was supposed to play this venue in like downtown Pittsburgh, but I think it closed and they had to, they had to move it at the last minute or something. So they put it out at this, uh, they had, they moved it to this uh, ice hockey rink that Mario Lemieux owned in a, a suburb of Pittsburgh called, called Bell Vernon, which is like Southeast of um, the city, a bunch of sheets and bullshit out there. And um, we took a cab, we got a cab to take us from the city to, to the, um, to the place, but there was like a Sunday night and the concert was over at like midnight or we couldn't find a cab to get us back to the city. So we walked like a mile up the street to a gas station. We were just asking like anybody on the planet we could find like, Hey, can we hitchhike back to Pittsburgh to get, to get back to where we're going here? Finally, we went up to this, this lady who was standing outside of the gas station, like crying, like completely in tears. And I was like, um, excuse me, ma'am. Uh, we're trying to get back to Pittsburgh. Do you, do you have a, you know, you have a car we can you know hop in or whatever. And she's like sobbing and she says, my boyfriend got in a fight in the mosh pit um, and like left. So my ex is coming to pick me up or whatever. So the ex Mm -hmm. let us jump in his car and we bought him a bunch of snacks at the gas station or something like that. And then we were up smelling like weed and all kinds of shit and hitchhiked back to Pittsburgh. And like one guy that we went to uh, the concert with was a student at, at Carnegie Mellon. I don't know how Carnegie Mellon student became a slayer fan but we slept on yeah. his, his dorm floor and then we took the greyhound bus uh back to morgantown like 4 a.m so you were more unprepared than the submersible people that went down to go see the titanic no no too soon too soon for the submersible Nah, it's never too soon yeah, for the submersible that. you spend two hundred fifty thousand dollars to go down in a, in a in a tube that's made well, by that, that is Game highly Boy questionable Pork. yes the lack of uh safe safety and backup plan and everything that my wife got me on the under the titan thing yesterday because she's been reading all about it or whatever you know but yeah apparently they get they like would it be like two trips or something like that but they had like no yeah. it was like an independent thing it's not like you got like the united states government like available to come and find they, you whatever. they made two trips but they didn't make a trip to the titanic they made two trips like maybe a couple thousand down and, and even they oh. were having issues down there with communication oh. and whatnot this was the first time they went down to the titanic uh as fuck yeah, I think up, this, yeah. hey, it's still search and rescue right now. It's not a uh, well, but they ran out of air, right? Is this this Thursday morning, like the allegedly 90 hours or something like that? Yeah, allegedly they are dealing with not a lot of air. Well, I'm sure they're fine. Yeah, well, listen, I mean, uh, you, you, di- you died watching the Titanic or you died, you know, in a hospital bed. I kind of got to take the, the latter. That's the a former, fair point. Former. Yeah, I mean, you know, better than uh. 
Well, I was going to say there are worse ways to go. Uh, that was a pretty well, good but at least you at least you went doing what you wanted to do. All right, that's how I'm sitting in a metal tube. <laughs> yeah. Well, thousands yeah. of miles, thousands of feet under the water. As Craig has pulled up a headline here from uh, what appears to be I don't know if this is like the BBC or something. Missing Titanic sub latest updates. A de- oh, a debris field was found Uh-oh. in the search area uh, hours after oxygen was cut off. Um, yeah. Okay. So there was a development there. They found a debris field in the search area. Yeah, but they also heard some sounds and stuff, and they were like kind of holding out hope for that, and that came to that mm-hmm. didn't come to fruition and all that. I mean, it's uh, yeah, it's tough. It's it's. Well, they never it's, found that gigantic Malaysian airplane that went down years ago they're gonna find a 10 foot steel tube did you know it took them 70 years to find the titanic i didn't know that no 70 years well not 70 when when did it when did it go down 1914 something right around there i I don't think they found it till 76 78 yeah 80s maybe do you know what the do you did you know that 80 percent of the earth's oceans are unexplored i knew that Mm-hmm. I knew I knew that. Um, yeah, I mean, it's just that's a that's a that's a tough way to go. That's probably ah. I would say drowning is one A. Terrible. Uh, dying in a fire would be one B, and uh, uh, just just running out of oxygen would probably be one C. I think if I had to uh, list my ways to die, I'm gonna put a poll up there on the uh, for all the shade, <laughs> shades of death or whatever that video was fans. How would from, you rather uh, die? You know, the, the, um, the deepest part of the ocean, I believe, and I'm not a, a marine uh, expert here, but I believe is called the Challenger Deep, which is part of the Mariana Trench. I always want to say Marinara, the Mariana mm. Trench. Uh, I think the Marinara Trench is in Italy. But, That'd be a um, good. What you doing down here? Yeah, they um, but uh, yeah, we get, we did go to the bottom of that in like like the '60s or something. I got to read up read up more about that uh, in between uh, doing important journalism stories here. But yes, the uh, Craig has pulled this up. He's on top of his uh, googling game today. The deepest part of the ocean is called the Challenger Deep and is located beneath the Western Pacific Ocean, in the southern end of the Mariana Trench, which runs several hundred kilometers southwest of the United States territorial island of guam which ah. i think is where natalie eganall said she was going to go if the, if uh if somebody drafted somebody or something happened <laughs> she did so yeah um why do you think people are so gripped by this story is it the billionaires is it the titanic is it the the functionality of the ship it's my everything wife, it's like the perfect, the titanic it, it, it's yeah. like the perfect confluence yeah. of billionaires spending money on things that normal people can't afford the titanic which people love yeah, and then that video that came out that showed everything that could go wrong with the submarine and how fucking stupid it looked, with the 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 controller and then the guy being like, "Yeah, we got these parts from a camper world." It's like that is what like really gripped everybody. Where it's just like this is so stupid, and these people are so rich, and you know, like you're not even seeing. The, the Titanic, you're basically seeing it through a, a screen in yes. the submarine. Like you're getting – you could look at images on your computer screen and you're basically getting the same experience yeah. except you're not in a 10 by 10 metal coffin. But you never got to go down and do it, and that's what billionaires love to do. They love to yeah. just stunt on anybody. They love to crush their enemies. You go to a cocktail party. Oh, that's cool. You went to the Sahara. I went down to see the Titanic, motherfucker. I'm better than you. And that's just the sensational desire of why billionaires are billionaires. Where does the stepson play into this? Because, man, that guy is a wild card. And if anyone hasn't seen what the stepson is doing on Twitter, he's now beefing with Cardi B. But uh, he's a hilarious hilarious person um i think every billionaire son wrapped into one he says pray for my family uh but i'm still going to the blink 182 concert because tom DeLong needs to uh be you know that's what tom DeLong would, would want me to do and travis barker would want me to do so he's hoping to go meet those guys then he was uh he was still throwing out some prayers and he was hitting on uh only fans models and whatnot the the the, the, the son is just the, the stepson is just uh He's a wild card, and, and he's really added a nice little wrinkle to this story. Right. This, is like, this is like the aquatic version of like the guys jumping on a Jeff Bezos space rocket to go into the 
toposphere or wherever they went. Did they technically go into space or not? I thought they just went and did like a like a loop. Or yeah, they technically went into space, and it's a very yeah, supposedly supposedly going into space is like one one thousandth um, uh, of what yeah. of danger as it is to going underwater. Yeah, man. Yeah, that's that is the ultimate. Uh, you know, as I get older, I ask myself these questions more often. You know, why why is it that we can get to Mars? We put a rover on Mars, but we haven't even explored our own planet. You know, this is, I'm thinking of what I'm going to do after crossing broad. Maybe we'll do like a like an astronomy and you know aquatic hmm. ex exploration blog or something like that. But um, what the hell was I going to say? Oh yeah, I quickly discovered that the Titanic like discourse on Twitter is completely toxic, uh, which it does not surprise me really. But you know, you get the people who are like, oh, you know, all this media coverage of the, uh, you know, the the six billionaires, the five billionaires, or whatever in the in the, you know, the submarine. But there's like a boat of migrants going from Tunisia to uh, Italy or something, and nobody gives a shit about that. And my my like answer with that stuff is always like, well, I mean, it's not it's not mutually exclusive. Like hypothetically, like the media should be able to talk about both of those. It should talk about both of those things. But I mean, I I don't know if they got a point or not. Like it does beg well, the question. Like, why do we give a shit about this, but we don't give a shit about the, you know, what was what was the quote? Five is it's like five victims is memorable. 500 is a statistic or something like that. I mean, mm. it's because it's five people. It's five people. It's 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 in, it's five people that we can easily name in a story. Sorry that the Washington Post and the Daily News they can't name all 500 people that are uh, that were were coming over. But the it's ship. also not you know I hate the fact that I'm saying this, but it's not really unique. I mean, like the migrant but you know boat trips and stuff that shit happens all the time from North Africa to Europe. You know, so like um, it's like when we would do shootings on at Eyewitness News when I worked there. I'm like. Is this even news? Like there's shootings all the time, man. I mean, we could fill up an entire show with crime if we wanted to. But I think like what Coggin was saying is like, you have this like confluence of like pop culture with the Titanic, this like mm -hmm. Nancy Grace, like suspense angle where there's times running out, you know, and yeah, then you have oh, like, they had a countdown. They had a countdown in the bottom right. They had a score book. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah. So I don't know. It's very it would it'd be interesting to go back. And like if I was one of the like 500 people who had a journalism class at Temple, we would talk about it. Of course, you know, but, but I, I'm, how, I'll, how the media cover this versus how they cover other to, to the people who who want them to talk about more shipwrecks. Name one person who was on the Titanic. I don't know anyone on the Titanic. Hmm. I don't know. I haven't. I saw a movie like once, and that was like thirty years. Well, that's ago. that's loosely based. There was no rose and no jazz. Was that real? Was that bit, like was? Well, there was, was no door. Real. Yes, the Titanic did. What? Go down, there. I think yeah, there was a guy who who who. Uh, Drew a girl nude in a model Ford uh, on the Titanic. I think that was confirmed. Oh. Um, but there was no big door. There was uh, there was a band. There was a violin. Um, but there was no there ah. was no bloodlust uh, of a uh, of a of a spurned lover. Mm. Billy Zane kill, wasn't on the boat. Yeah, trying to kill mm. Leonardo DiCaprio. Damn, it's kind of just you know the pores in the bottom, the the rich up top, and we're trying to get to New yeah. York. This guy was a millionaire who died on the Titanic. I mean, he would have been a billionaire now, right? I mean, we get my inflation numbers together, but uh, yeah, I don't know. It's interesting, man. I, I just, I, I, I was Dude. reading a little bit about it this morning. Like, whoa, this is some Na shit. You know, names back in the day were so much cooler than they are now. W like Kyle, Kevin, and Robert. Like WT dead. You know that guy was the real journalist because he used his first two initials and uh, his last name, like like MG Missinelli. You know, Mike used to go by his first two initials. I mean, how famous can the architect of the, of the Titanic be if he didn't even survive? KP Kincaid. Yeah, yeah, that's a bummer, man. I don't know. The billionaire is doing the thrill seeking. That's that is a heavy, uh, heavy discussion for the. Uh, the Twitter Twitter sphere. Well, it's also because, like, when you see like a, a, a an astronaut, unfortunately, like the Challenger happen, you can visually see it. None of us can visually see what's going on down underneath twelve thousand and twelve thousand yeah. miles. No, the, uh, it's a mystery. It, it'll be a mystery. Entry. You know, oh, what happened to this sub? People will be talking about it forever. They've yeah. already got a documentary coming out like tomorrow. Do they really already? God, hey, the, the, it was it was before the the the. The air uh, quality was was gone. Is there anything else we want to talk about? Let's just end on a positive note, since that was kind of <laughs> dreary. Uh, ben yeah. Simmons is back. Kyle, you're going on a cruise in a couple months, right? That I am going fun. on a cruise. Oh, I'm not worried about cruise. I, I didn't, I didn't, uh, I didn't put that in my PTO yet, Kev. I'll make sure I do that. I, just I am going on a cruise. I am going on a cruise. 
Uh, put that unlimited vacation in there. So. Yeah, I'm gonna get that buffet. I'm excited. Wow. Uh, yeah, nothing bad happens at sea, so you'll be fine. It'll be fine. Yeah, it's nothing bad. Yeah, that's a piece sea. of good news. The other piece of good news I was gonna say is that Ben Simmons is in the lab. And he's working Ooh. his ass off, so there could be a comeback story there. How, how do you know he's in the lab, Kev? Instagram. He told his seven million followers on Instagram that he was minding his own business. Wow, he's cooking, cooking something up for next season. I can't mm-hmm. wait to see it. Yeah. That sounds like hypocritical. Yeah, yeah. I, I, you know, I'm humble. I didn't want people to know that I donated two hundred thousand dollars to charity, but I did. You know, yeah. like like that that kind of thing. You know, so here he is back in the lab, looking good. There you That's go. The best. Man. Guys, oh man, he is uh ooh, I can't wait. When when does the first when does the first video drop of him shooting threes at LA I, Fitness? I did see a step back Hezzy the other day from Chris Johnson oh. Hoops. Um oh my. and some fishing, who, wrapping it up with some fishing and call of duty to cool down. Who is the Walter? Yeah, the Walter Isaacson of uh of Ben Simmons, he puts out all the Ben Simmons videos. A uh, very slow step back, Hezzy, uh, yeah. foul line jumper. Didn't look that strong, but uh, you know, hey, listen, it's only the off season, and that's where you get better. And you know, I look yeah. forward to to Ben Simmons taking zero of those right. today. Yeah, to, look, today is arm day. Tomorrow is leg day, and Saturday is Diablo Four day. Nice. I hate leg day. Hey, look! If he can de- if he can develop a jump shot, whoo, he's gonna yeah. be a problem next. <laughs> look year. out! Watch out, Kev! Can you oh, give good. us an update on Diablo Four? Have you gotten it yet? Is it any good? That's I know great. Big... It's fantastic. Yeah. Is it computer or is it on the video games? I was a big Diablo Two guy. Yeah, no, it's on. It's on the consoles now. I got it on all the consoles. Yeah, I've been playing it on PlayStation Five. Diablo Two is like my favorite game of all time. That came Best. out when we were in like tenth grade. But that was only on the computer, right? You can only play on the computer. Yeah, it was only a PC game back then. Yeah, Are you, Diablo, uh, Diablo three came out. They had it for PS. Uh, yeah, I, I don't remember Diablo three. Yeah. Are you a uh, Are you a warrior? Are you an Amazonian? Are you a uh, a wizard? I, I'm trying hmm. to remember hmm. what you were able to. No, I, to I, my guy is a is no? a dru- is a druid, right? Oh. I guess my oh. tree, tree hugger comes out in me. I think during character selection, right? So nice. I uh, he transforms into a big bear and he like smashes the ground. Nice. That's how, I, that's how. Yeah. See, you know, here's the thing, man. You when you get older and you have kids, and Cog can attest to this. When you play video games, you don't really have a lot of time to like. Yeah. You're not going to sit there for like four hours and, and whatever. So you put the kid down, and then you go, you log in, and you smash a bunch of shit, and then you kind of like get your fix and you log off. It's like a stress release for mind mind emptier. You know, I mean, we still play Rocket League all the time. Me and a bunch of friends from high school because it's like all we do is just crash a bunch of cars together, talk some shit about the other team. And say stuff that would get us canceled in our day jobs. So you know, <laughs> trying to you play Rocket League? Yeah, yeah. It's still, it's still like like hours of fun, man. You know, we just yeah, get up. Right. We all we all live like all across the friggin' region now, so we don't see each other anymore. So it's like, yeah, let's get on, let's play some shit, and you know, now you can, now you can do it remotely, man. We all used to have to gather in one room and sit there and look at like Nintendo sixty four before we had like big big screens where you're looking at a corner of your, you know. It's crazy what we used to go through back in the day, man. Life was hard. Absolutely, life was real hard when you were a gamer in the suburbs back. Playing then. Goldeneye on a thirty-inch. Uh, <laughs> yes, you, you could just look at where the other guy was standing yeah. in the in the thing. You know, I'd always look at. Yeah, the other if you screen. were of if you were of ill morals, you would look at the other screen. Well, it's like Tech Mobile. It's like you would glance at the other guy's controller and see what play he was calling, and you'd call the same play, and you'd blitz, you'd like like zero blitz and like Jim Schwartz, you know. So Sad. this is my Sad. yeah, this is my uh best score ever in Rocket League. That's my name, fake news 420. Wow. So I had, nice. This game went to overtime. I had eight saves and two goals. So yeah. right on. Rocket League is the car soccer one. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, you play right. soccer with that's like a Boston Scott stat line against the Giants. Two oh, touchdowns, boy. eight yards. The name Boston of our seven carries. The He's name a big of our Rocket League guy. He is a big Rocket League guy. He's got limited edition cars and shit you can buy in there, but you got to pay like $5 or something. That's the only thing I don't get about the kids these days. Like, like, like back in the day, you didn't have any of that cosmetic shit. Now when you log into a game, it's like, well, you can pay $15.99 for a limited edition thing that turns your your character's uh, hair blue or something like that. You know what I mean? <laughs> there it is. Boston Scott had a New York, New York Giants-themed um, car. It's got his number on it called the Giant Killer. 
Very nice. So yeah. Gotta love it, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very nice. From Rocket Sweet. League to Marbles. That's good. Yeah, yeah, marbles, marbles. Go do it, man. Are we holding you up? You got to get the Wildwood right now. No, no, no. They're doing prelims right now. The kid that's leading it, he's from Philadelphia. So we're, you know, I don't know if he understands about what the uh, what kind of uh, pressure he has on his shoulders right now to deliver the first uh, championship for Philadelphia this year. But he does. Sure. We'll see. And uh, the video will be out next week. Wow. I love Wildwood. Well, good luck. Go. Play marbles. Go or, marbles. Is it just you got to hit the other person's marble out of the circle or something? Yes, you have to hit seven marbles out of a circle. Okay. Um, and if the marble hits and stays in, you get to keep going until the marble goes out. So mm. once you hit seven, I think it's a best of eight or best of seven they play. I forget what it is. But uh, it's actually pretty easy when you just learn the rules. Um, it's oh, just oh. has to learn the rules. <laughs> So, well, what content that will be? I do prep. I do prep for these these uh, these interviews. I, Kevin just doesn't send me down a while with the burn money just because, uh, you know, and ruin and, and and take away Craig. I do. I do prep. Beautiful. Kyle treats this just like he would treat going down and talking to a bunch of drunks. That, uh, yeah, like I would treat Comcast mm-hmm. sitting up in the uh, cafeteria on 45 mm-hmm. and not knowing and no one knowing where I was for yeah. the last two years of my job. Yeah. <laughs> so tell the slack tide people we said, hey, they got some they make some good beer. Yeah, Craig's in there getting drunk right now. So he's producing. So if it's a little wonky, you know why. That's why his thing keeps going in and out on the bottom there. I just see like a logo or something. So. <laughs> All right. Hey, listen, uh, Cog, thanks for jumping on, man. It was fun. Always fun, boys. All right. Yeah, appreciate it, Cog. Thank you so much, Kev. You're gonna have to end the stream because I can't, but uh we appreciate you guys listening as always. Thank you to Craig on the ones and twos. Thank you, Cog, obviously, and uh, we will talk to you on Tuesday. Go Sixers. I can't wait for the second rounder we're going to get. Yeah, it's going to be fun. Beautiful. Work your magic.